0: Hi everybody. This is Phil the Issues Guy from issuesprogram.com and Phil the Issues Guy on YouTube. Do you like television? Do you like talking about television? Do you have problems and can't sleep at night? If you any of those things are true, come on down and join Phil the Issues Guy on YouTube. Phil's recap and review or check out issuesprogram.com to check out our stuff. Basically what we do is we talk a lot about television, some movies, but mainly television. We do post-episode recaps, live viewings, drunk commentary games, and just general analysis. So if you love television, you don't have a ton of people to talk about television, or you just cannot get enough of some of these awesome shows like Vikings, Better Call Saul, Westworld, Game of Thrones, even The Walking Dead, and some other random shows that just pop up here and there. If you cannot get enough of all those programs and you want to talk about them jump on over join in the live motherfucking chat with some of the best people in the world that all share their thoughts real time whenever we go live so if you subscribe to the youtube channel you follow the youtube channel by clicking that little bell thing you can find out anytime we go live you can also check out issuesprogram.com for a backload of all of our stuff and check out our podcast on stitcher itunes and lots of other places huge thanks to all of you and hope you check it out and hope you enjoy it and i'll talk to you guys next time
1: Boston bastard brigade, electric sisterhood, and on the street, proudly present: no borders, no Mix, the world's J-pop and alternative hotspot.
2: Passers and winches, welcome to episode 312 of No Borders No Race. I am your King Baby Duck, Evan Borgo. Thank you once again for tuning in. You know, folks, there are both good sides and bad sides to using public transportation. As someone who doesn't drive, I find it very convenient that I have the MBTA close by to where I live. Be it the Green Line near the Brighton Music Hall or the Red Line in Harvard Square... Uh, The opportunity to go around Boston and explore is right at my doorstep, so I enjoy that convenience. However, it feels like every time I open up my MBTA app, there's a new problem that pops up that makes using it a big inconvenience. Delays, trains breaking down, and stations collapsing feel like a daily occurrence here in Boston. It is a big pain in the ass, and it's why I really miss using the trains in Tokyo. Granted, with it being privatized, trains in Tokyo are a bit more expensive to use than in Boston, but that money actually goes back into making sure those things run on time and smoothly. And I'd rather have a train that runs on time smoothly than one that, um, sets on fire. Remember when that happened last year? Anyways, I hope that somebody comes to fix this MBTA shit show because it's getting really tiresome to have to deal with it constantly. I know I'm not the only one who feels that way. Just... do your job, MBTA, or have someone else buy you up and make your system better. <sighs> you know, that's just a small little gripe that I'm dealing with regarding living in Boston. And I'm certain most Bostonians share this sentiment, too. But enough of that. Let us begin today's episode on this week's No Borders, No Race. The world of judo gets animated while two thieving franchises collide in a new movie. Plus, on this week's The Bastard Soapbox... A popular streaming service is getting far too greedy. But first, let's head on over to this week's playlist. Remember, as always, if you like what you hear and would like to support these artists, you can find their music on CD Japan, Amazon, Yes Asia, Apple Music, Spotify, Bandcamp, the band's official sites, and your local record store. We're going to start things off with a great up-and-coming duo known as Shoujo Yukai. Vocalist and guitarist Maki Utera started writing music at the age of 13, while drummer Hinano Ito has been hitting the kit since she was five. They came together as a band last year, and their debut EP, Yotai, was produced by Electric Shock bassist Kazuto Mayakawa. Apparently, Ito's mom, a good friend of Electric Shock, contacted Kazuto to tell him about her daughter's new band, and jumped on the opportunity to help bring their sound to life. The end result, as you will hear, is fucking badass. From the Yutai EP, here are Shoujo Yukai with Love Doll.
0: Passion, Freedom, Knowledge. The Abstract Japan Podcast at AbstractJapan.com.
3: Pleasure!
1: Hello! やぜ
3: Watch your
1: eyes the
3: god for that
1: guy
3: for shake
1: for for
3: shake
1: and have Oh God, I'll people and die
2: Their debut single, Nippon Kara Konnichiwa. You can check out my interview with Ladybeard on the B3 site. It is the wildest chat I think I've ever had on one-on-one. Once again, the anime world has thrusted me into a sport that I normally don't care about. And as usual, it's a sight to behold. Like what Haikyuu did for volleyball and Yeri and Ice did for figure skating, Epon again showcases an underappreciated sport, with phenomenal care and precision, and the end result is an anime filled with heart and soul. Based on the manga by Yu Maroka, Ippon again focuses on the character of Michi Sonoda. During her final judo match in middle school, she declares that she is finished with the sport, but as soon as she and her friend Sunae show up to high school, Michi quickly finds herself back in the world of judo and it's all thanks to her schoolmate and former opponent, Toa, who pushes Michi and Sanae to keep on committing to Judo. As Ippon again goes on, Michi starts to figure out what works best strategy-wise when in competition. Because of her outgoing personality, Michi tends to be the type who shouts what move she's about to pull, as if she were some shonen jump hero. Alas, most of her experience in Judo has been with either ties or defeat. It's learning under their advisor Midoriko where she begins to figure out what her biggest problem is, which is the fact that she jumps the gun way too quickly during matches. Sanai also learns to deal with her Judo weaknesses as Ipan again goes on. She tends to have confidence problems, which causes her to doubt her skills in Judo. It also doesn't help that she was injured in middle school, which causes her parents to be a little concerned when she decides to keep doing it throughout high school. But that moment where she aims to keep pushing onwards is where Sanai begins to overcome her obstacles. The same can be said about Toba, who is amazing at judo, but lacks basic social skills. Because of this, her presence can seem a lot more intimidating than it really is. Michi and Sinai quickly learn that is a truly nice person, and it's her never-give-up attitude that keeps all three of them pushing to become the best judo competitors in their league. However, it's not the competitive aspect that makes Ipan again a great watch, it's learning how to have fun during the competition. Being the best is always the main goal of any sport or game, but almost always lost in the mind of those who aim to win is that sports are meant to be fun and engaging. Michi is a character that, despite getting one loss after another, never forgets to have fun with Judo. She takes every single one of those losses and puts them towards her goal of getting an actual victory. And while she does quit Judo in the beginning of the anime, it's Toa and Tsunai that help remind her of all of the fun that she had while competing. It's that aspect that makes Eat Yippon again a truly delightful watch. Attitude-wise, it brings to mind scorching ping-pong girls, where there's a right balance of the competitive and fun aspect of the sport. Most importantly, Knockin' Records animation is truly amazing, with every judo maneuver brought to life with such detail. And props to them for drawing high schoolers that actually look like high schoolers and not the usual route where they look more like college kids. You know, what they do in stuff like High School DD or almost every anime about high schoolers. Anyways. Ippon Again is a true dark horse in this winter 2023 anime season. It's not going to make me want to watch judo, unless I someday have a kid and they want to take part in judo classes. However, I can't help but love the story, the characters, and the care that Bakken Record has placed into its animation. You can catch Ippon Again on High Dive, and it'll be released on home video in the future by Sentai Filmworks. Inspired by church hymns of his youth, Matthew McIntosh has dived deep into the darkness with his partner-in-crime Beth Narducci for the latest album from A Cloud of Ravens. Lost Hymns hits stores on April 28th, and this is the latest single to come from that record. It's called Requiem for the Sun.
4: the future we've got your pop culture reactions and news over at league podcast.com the league of ordinary gentlemen comic book podcast is more than just comic check us out wherever you get your podcast on social at league podcast
2: Their new EP that was Okamoto's with Flowers. If you grab yourself the physical version in Japan, you'll be treated with the special Blu ray 90s Tokyo Boys in Hall special recorded last July at NHK Hall. In the anime world, there are many famous thieves, but no one is as famous as Lupon III. Not only does he steal for the thrills, but also for the greater good. Yes, he also gets some personal gain, but there's some sprinkling of nobility in his, Jigen Goemon's, and sometimes Fujiko's actions. However, Lupin's not the only thief in the game. There are also three women with an eye on the prize. The Kitsugi sisters, better known as Katsai. So it comes as a surprise that these two franchises have finally crossed paths in the new film Lupin III vs. Cat's Eye. The prize that both sides are after are three paintings, which are left behind by the father of the Kisugis. But hidden within these paintings is a mystery that can lead towards a treasure hidden by the Nazis. As the crime goes on, and with even Inspector Zenigata and Detective Gutsumi on their trail, the real truth behind the treasure starts to unravel. One of the first things I want to say about Lupin III vs. Cat's Eye is that it's certainly a better story than the Detective Conan crossovers. Although Lupin vs. Conan sounds great on paper, the execution in the TV special and the movie follow-up wasn't really great. In fact, it was just one missed opportunity after another. With this Cat's Eye crossover... Lupin actually goes toe-to-toe with a formidable opponent, even though both sides work on a deal to aid one another. While it may suffer from the usual tropes of a Lupin movie, especially when it comes to predictability issues, this is one that really takes proper care of its characters and their situation. A lot of times, especially in the Conan crossovers, you don't get enough of these different characters sharing screen time with one another. In Lupin Third vs. Cat's Eye, practically its entire second half has both teams working together, even if once in a while their own greed causes a little mistrust. Because of this, it makes for a film that appeases to both Lupin and Cat's Eye fans. However, there is a big flaw with Lupin Third vs. Cat's Eye, and it's in the choice of animation. Instead of going the traditional hand-drawn route, TMS Entertainment instead opted for cel-shaded CGI. This causes a lot of the action scenes to feel like cutscenes from a PS3 video game, on top of some weird facial expressions. It's a big step back from what was accomplished in the gorgeous Lupin III the first, which quickly became one of my all-time favorite Lupin movies. As such, it can feel like a chore sometimes to muster through this film. With that being said, if you can overlook the bad animation, you can find a good story that's pretty enjoyable from start to finish. The characters of Lupin and Cat's Eye are used appropriately, and they also manage to bring a good dose of heart towards the end of the film. It's not a perfect crossover by any means, but I'm happy to say that Lupin the Third vs Cat's Eye gets a lot more right than it does wrong. You can catch the movie on Amazon Prime, and I actually recommend watching it dubbed. Tony Oliver and the gang always manages to do a great job for the Lupin franchise. So, now that we've had Lupin III vs. Cat's Eye, how about we now get the crossover everybody wants? Imagine Lupin versus City Hunter. In fact, if you look carefully near the beginning, you see Ryo Saiba hanging out in the background. Uh, shame that we see no Kaori. I can easily see her using her mallet on Lupon, but um, hopefully that's a crossover that'll be in the cards in the near future. Until then, do enjoy what Lupon vs. Cat's has to offer, even if the animation isn't so great. From Osaka comes Foodie, a band that's friended by Maki, the front woman of Mummy the Peep show. They just released a new EP called Lip, and from that record is Housewife.
4: horror and black comedy. The Call of Cthulhu Mystery Program's acclaimed second series, The Terrible Secret of Lot X. Sold to the woman in green. Estelle Thorpe has made a precarious purchase. Get anything good? Contents of automobile trunk, backseat, and glove box unsorted.
5: Mmm, riveting.
4: But this auction win is more than it seems. A deranged man tried to outbid me. He confronted me afterwards.
0: That box you bought? Burn it if you know what's good for you. He who is not to be named killed those boys and it's my fault. Just like he's going to kill you.
4: To solve the paranormal mystery she's uncovered, Estelle assembles an unlikely crew of curiosity seekers. Moses Covenfield, a renowned mountain man author. Estelle, ma'am, I, I, I promise that if you are trying to win me over, the odds are good, but the good's are odd. Cherry Featherbottom, a flapper who's more than she seems. I'm going to just be upstairs cleaning my gun. (laughs) Who are you, my dad? (laughs) Oswald Sinclair, hobo king. That's not jam. That is definitely the opposite of jam. That is people jam. Anjana Ramakrishnan, Estelle's partner in a cult adventure. You summoned a demon and you don't remember it, darling. No firearms. Not right now. And Kenneth Rogers, a notorious gambler. I can play cards any old day, but chicken lunch at Thorpe Manor? Mm Mm-mm. That sounds like a mighty fine time, I tell you what. Together, they encounter monsters above and below. And an unholy conspiracy that threatens to shred their sanity to tatters. This is startling and strange, but darling, we might be onto something here. This is why we came to Arkham, after all. Not for murderous grave robbers and disappearing children. The Necronomicon.
3: Whatever your intent with this book, I caution you, and say with all certainty, you will find more danger than answers. You brought me back. You, you brought me back. Brought
4: you back from what?
3: This is not our world. This is not our our world. world at all.
2: When the dance is done, and his infernal song rings loudest,
4: there
1: will be no lewd carnality denied to us.
0: You leap onto this thing's back and Bury your hatchet in its neck He howls ah, I
3: will eat you
1: Dear lord What happened to you
2: It's t- t- take too long to explain We gotta get to uh, get to the hospital
0: I'll tell you what right uh, now we, we can't go to the police with this Yeah I suspect you're right They'll put us in the sanitarium I... The air gives way to the crushing depths You're drowning You're drowning in a sea of yellow. In this program, our
4: cast actually lives the terror. It's an improvised audio drama that uses Chaosium's Call of Cthulhu role-playing game and the wits of our players to weave these uncanny tales. This is a cinematic radio play where anything can happen, and these poor souls never know what's going to crawl out of the darkness. Discover The Terrible Secret of Lot X, the entire second series now available on your favorite podcast player. Just search for The Call of Cthulhu Mystery Program or unlock all our secrets at (laughs) CthulhuMystery.com.
2: red light district in glasgow asking for a friend well if there wasn't there is now that comes off of their Pleasureland ep and this song was called decadence and decay red light district consider that their most ambient of punk songs on the record as the rest of the songs wear the influences of iggy pop and the stooges on their sleeves and now folks we continue onwards with our third boston calling 2023 edition of the bean town sampler This week we begin delivering a double dose of local goodness with our first to play being Summer Cult, who will play on the Friday bill of Boston Calling. Actually, down the street from me is the place they call their practice hub, Studio 52. And on today's episode, we'll be playing a song from their recent froggy EP. here, is Summer Cult with 10 Feet Tall. I'm
3: 10
1: Feet Tall
2: And I'm standing in the shadow
1: of the sun And that's not all I'm uncontrolled
3: no need for clickbait paywalls or shilling around at scarlet rhapsody we are an independent web zone covering conventions across the country scarlet rhapsody breaks it down for you the guests the dealers the culture the cosplay the trending fandoms and what makes a convention worth the price of admission are you convention cultured you will be visit us on the web at scarlet rhapsody.com facebook at scarlet rhapsody media twitter at cons and churros youtube at scarlet rhapsody convention cultured and remember the con is what you make of it so make it a good one see you at the con
1: Can't stand. I done seen six sides of myself that I ain't so proud of. Lights up to the people that surround us. Can't spell, but a spell can't cloud us. Shouts out
3: to my mom and my ex-girl. Seeing green, blue, red, gray world. Keeping out the pessimistic,
1: giving kisses to the missing metal. listen to the people call we all grow. The system coming, comes just go. Smile, the I can nose. Let blue skies penetrate your soul. Big boys cry so that we can grow.
2: brooklyn and boston as their home turf is juice and from their boy story album that was end of the world juice will be playing with the sunday lined up at boston calling and we'll be doing a short tour in march with the dip and now folks time to speak my mind and get shit off my chest it's a bastard soapbox Last week, I talked about briefly how there's just too much content to handle with all of these streaming sites. While editing that segment, something came to mind that's been in the news lately. And that thing is the upcoming change with Netflix, where sharing passwords and accounts may no longer be an option. If implemented, this change could spell disaster for everyone. Let's first look at the change itself. According to reports, Netflix will require users to sign in from their main location every month to verify that they're the account holders. When this occurs, it can cause others who share the account to be locked out and force them to create their own subscription. It's a situation where Netflix is counting on people to fork over the dough for their own accounts, rather than allow families to share it with each person. And that, listeners, is where Netflix's plan is going to blow up in their faces. You see, this plan would work if Netflix was the only streamer in town. But they're not. We've got Hulu, Crunchyroll, High Dive, Paramount+, Plus, Disney+, HBO Max, Tubi, Crackle, Amazon Prime, AMC+, Apple TV, and Vicky Rakuten, just to name a few. And they all cost a significant amount of money money that most people don't have, hence why many friends and families practice the art of password sharing. With my family, we split everything up just about equally. My parents have Netflix and Apple TV, I have Hulu, High Dive, and HBO Max, and my sister has Paramount+, Plus, Amazon Prime, AMC+, and Disney+. Plus. The only account I personally don't share is my Crunchyroll, as it is a press account. But thanks to all of this sharing, all of us have the ability to watch just about everything we want. Even though we don't have the time for it. If Netflix goes and pushes for this new anti-sharing change, then all of these other streaming apps may start thinking about doing the same thing. After all, these corporations want all of the money that they can get their hands on, so why not follow Netflix's idea? But that's when the dominoes start falling. One by one, Netflix starts losing users as they become turned off by this new policy. They'll start jumping towards the other streamers, or even go so far as to start pirating stuff. It might get so bad that Netflix might use it as an excuse to raise the subscription rates. That, in turn, will cause them to lose even more customers in the long run, and, if they really fuck this whole thing up, could spell the demise of Netflix. Odds are, these other streamers are watching very closely to see what will happen, and they aren't just watching to see if Netflix succeeds or not, they're also making notes on what they could salvage from the company if this new policy slowly kills Netflix which it could. I get that making new shows and movies costs money, but you can only count on your subscribers to get said money if you're presenting content that everyone would want to watch. And thus far, it's kind of 50-50 with Netflix. Some big hitters, some dark horses, and a lot of stinkers, especially from the movie perspective. And as I mentioned last week, Netflix and all of these other streaming sites are churning out new shows and new movies every week. Many of which nobody has the time to watch. It's just a never-ending queue situation as you place something in your watch list, never getting to it. And it's like these people who buy books that don't get read or buy a lot of video games that don't get played. But I'm getting off track again. What I need to say is this. Netflix better keep their eye on what's going on with their customers. If they start seeing a major drop in their subscription count, then the best course of action is to reverse this decision. Anything that revolves around trying to squeeze money out of people is just going to make things worse for everyone. And if this plan somehow succeeds and all of the other streamers attempt to follow suit, it will spell disaster for everyone. With things becoming a lot more expensive since the pandemic, it's now hard for people to afford even the most basic of needs. Food, water, electricity, even the fucking roof over our heads is becoming less and less affordable. And when things start getting cut to save money, it's usually things like streaming subscriptions that go first. So I'll ask you this, Netflix. Do you want to be cut? Or do you want to continue to have a place in every person's home? Think carefully, as the wrong decision will lead to some dire consequences. And from there, I'll step off my soapbox. Remember... These are the opinions of myself and nobody else in the land of Esh, although I reckon everyone shares the sentiment that we don't want to pay more than we should for a streaming site. From there, let's continue on with some more music. Here's the concept. One band member records for 24 hours. Then they send it down to the next member, who does the same thing, and so on and so forth. What comes out of it? Well, if your Toronto hardcore legend's fucked up, you craft their newest album, One Day. This song is one I think we could all relate to. It is called, I Think I Might Be Weird.
3: So I followed to the deck where it was dark as I had feared Then how the rain fell like torpedoes into the black sea I gulped into the tempest away
1: All times are Eastern Gotta get it, we gotta move it. If you're going do it, like then who can you not to get? Yeah, everybody just talk. Nobody really doing I'm not a yard, my daddy's talking to me. Gotta get to me, not the Pioch, boom, no judge. That get the break the walls. Don't have been a fake. You're low, you're cool. You're low, you're cool. I'm carrying my fight. You eat to be old wasting no more K cock now the dance the mother no real The illest Eat show go Yeah That it on your soul gotta go how to come and i Hive it up on and on Tokyo hell paradise So that catch through the mother I got gotta fight i not I am gonna I'm gonna to to I'm gonna nothing is for real That's how you make me feel Gotta beat be love. I pick up with the time got might understand Nobody can hold me.
2: Certain Jujutsu Kaisen fans will recognize that song, accompanied by Aiko, that was Ali with Lost in Paradise. Ali finally released their debut album, Music World, last month, and it's honestly my favorite record so far this year. It's fucking good. So now, Minasan this no the yo もう一本 the first thing Cotonauro Netflix wa si account o My thanks again to Mikio Hatore-sensei of the Cultural Exchange Initiative for helping to translate this part for me. There were some pretty big tongue twisters in that one. Remember, if you'd like to know more information on the CEI, be sure to visit their website at ceinitiative.org. You can also follow CE Initiative on Instagram and Facebook. Here's a new song from the band Dish, who just released their newest album, Triangle. From that release is Brand New Dead.
3: Mike Rogers Show coming to you live from Tokyo, Japan, a year-end special, and I'll be with my good friend, Evan Borgalt, and you can tune into The Mike Rogers Show. We play Japanese music, Japanese pop, Japanese... Uh, and you can win a bazillion dollars on this show. I don't know how you can, but maybe, you know, if you listen to the show, maybe you can. Somehow, maybe buy a raffle ticket or something. The Mike Rogers Show. Yes! Tune in! We're going to have our year-end top five countdown. It's going to be way cool. And you can hear more good songs just like this.
2: A dozen from their upcoming self titled debut album in stores March 17th. The indie band is something of a side project of Shutter to Thanks Chris Matthews and Jesse Krakow, with drum contributions from Joe Billy and Guided by Voices Kevin March. Well, that about wraps up this week's episode of No Borders, No Race. Remember, for the recent news, reviews, podcast episodes, and videos from the Boston Bastard Brigade, you can find us at www.b3crew.com. If you have any questions, comments, or if you're in a band and want to be featured on our show, you can write to us at thebastards at bostonbastardbrigade.com, like us on facebook.com slash bostonbastardbrigade, and follow us on b3crew.tumblr.com. And you can follow me on Twitter, the J-Pop Video Games Anime Amino Pages, Instagram, and Twitch at KingBabyDuckESH. Don't forget to give some love to our friends at BlackCompat, which you can find at BlackCompat.com, Twitch.tv slash BlackCompat, and YouTube.com slash BlackCompat. Promotional consideration provided for this week's tracks from A Cloud of Ravens and Quiz Show made possible by Shameless Promotion PR and a very special thank you to the Yets for their contribution to Shameless Tuesdays. Thank you also to High Violet PR and Plugging for sending us Red Light District to play. That was a really good surprise. And a big shout out to Katsuto Mayakawa for telling me about Shoujo Yukai. I think those two are going to kick a lot of ass in the Japanese rock scene. And hey... Our next episode is our annual South by Southwest Festival Showcase. We'll be playing artists from Japan, Boston, and maybe some other parts of the world that will be at the annual event in Austin, Texas. It's the show I look forward to doing every single year since had it not been for South by Southwest and it's Japan night. Well, there'd be no, no borders, no race. So stay tuned for that episode. We're ending today's show with a little doom and gloom. Metal band Cruelty have a new album coming out on March 17th called Untopia. And this is a song from that record that'll surely destroy your eardrums. This is Burn the System. And until next time, this is your King Baby Duck. Remind you that you don't have to be from Boston to be a bastard. But it sure helps. <laughs> This is your King Baby Duck, Evan Borgo, from the Electric Sisterhood, and your host for the No Borders, No Race podcast. Each episode, we play the best, brightest, and hottest acts from Japan, America, Europe, and the rest of the world. Every song spun is but a mere taste of what you can expect of the artists heard, so if you truly loved what hit your eardrums, please be sure to support these musicians and buy their albums, EPs, and singles. Places like Amazon.com, CD Japan, Yes Asia, Bandcamp, iTunes, and even your local record store are great places to plop down some sweet moolah to let those artists know that they're doing a heck of a good job with their melodies. The more an artist gets support from listeners, the better the chance that they'll come to a venue nearest you to play the sounds that won your heart. This message is brought to you by the Boston Bash Brigade, reminding you all to support your local, national an international artist any way you can.